Good day, listeners. We present to you our podcast, Wounded Hearts, Wounded Churches. We discuss a variety of topics that are important to the church. Examples include sexual abuse, all types of addictions, religious abuse, and recovery. This platform provides counseling sessions, meaningful question and answer, and a counseling continuum. Our co-hosts include Ms. Lolita, Personnel Director, Mrs. Tennille, our Technical Director. We have an impressive array of program contributors. And I'm your host. My name is Prince, founder of Antioch Youth Center, 5013C program, licensed counselor, now retired. So join in this exciting podcast, Wounded Hearts, Wounded Churches, and be a part of the healing process. All right, we have a special guest tonight, and I'm not just saying that. He's been a blessing being here, his information, his book. This is Jug Livis. Uh, he grew up in, in a farm area in California, received his Bachelor of Arts from Fresno State and his JD degree, University of San Diego School of Law. He retired Superior Court judge in Fresno County and a widow since 2016. But tonight, the main focus is the book coming clean. When I went through the book, and it's a good read, it's a devotional of how God brought him through the addiction, the sexual addiction of pornography. We read those statistics to you last uh, week. Uh, There's a book, Each One Reach One. It talks about how 38% of ministers, those in churches, have inappropriate uh, connection with their congregants, 38%. And of course, pre-COVID, we were looking at between 100 and 200 ministers sitting down each Sunday. So Mm -hmm. it's an epidemic, no doubt about that. The judge was mentioning about there was two-thirds of youth ministers who were having problems with pornography. So it's a major issue. So I want to talk about that and what God did for the judge. Judge, good day. Glad you're here. Happy to have you here. Give him a hand if you would, please. Absolutely. Absolutely. So again, he wrote the book Coming Clean 2021 in his second edition, and his uh, publisher is Kay Harris, the publisher. Judge, good to have you again here, my friend. Glad to see you. Thank you. Good to be here. We'll go into our questions. You attended church and went about life for many years. Did you try to justify your actions during that time? I really don't think I tried to justify them. Um, I, but I did compartmentalize them. Knew it was wrong, knew it was sin, uh, knew what I was doing, but I attempted at least to take all of those, that sin and that temptation and the addiction that I was in, and I put it in a pocket. And I would go there uh, often, but the rest of my life I separated from that or tried to in any event. And but I never tried to justify it. I never tried to say it was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, although, um, you know, you always have those justification thoughts. Well, other people do it. There's nothing really wrong with it. I'm not hurting anybody except myself. You know those kinds of things. But I never really tried to justify it. Judge, one of our faithful listeners asked. She said, "I want to hear about what happened in 1971." 
They want your testimony. So please, could you give that this time? Well, it was 1970. Um, it was November of 1976, actually, when I came to know the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I came to know the Lord um, because of a miracle, uh, actual, actually a miracle of healing. My daughter, my youngest daughter, was uh, Amanda. She was two years old at the time. And she fell in the swimming pool and drowned. Mm. And um, make a long story short, we ended up, they got, she was, my wife found her. She was face up at the bottom of the pool and had not been breathing for a while. Mm. And um, got her, she started breathing again in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. And when I got out to the hospital, there happened to be a neurosurgeon making some rounds at the children's hospital that day. And he was in the emergency room when she came in. And after he had treated her, he told me, he said, the chances are that she will not make it through the night. She's got double pneumonia from the drowning. We don't know how long she was under the water, but we can tell you from the amount of water that we took out of her lungs that uh, she w went without breathing for a long time, and she will almost certainly have extensive brain damage. And uh, so what do you do at that time? Is uh, I belonged to a church at that time, but uh, for me it was pretty ritualistic and formal, and I didn't really know the Lord. And so... I didn't know how to pray, and I started praying. And uh, we had a friend uh, who was a born-again Christian who put her on prayer lists all over the Western United States. Mm. And uh, she prayed also, and my wife prayed, and we were, you know, we spent the entire day in prayer. And that night, it must have been about midnight, my wife had gone home to change clothes because she had jumped in the pool to get my daughter out, not change. And I heard God's voice. It was the first time I really heard God's voice. And God said to me, give her to me. She's my child. And I argued with him for a long time. And so finally, I knew that I had to make, there was a decision I had to make. And I finally said to God, all right, God, she's your child. If you want her, you take her. Toughest decision I have ever made in my life. I've made some pretty tough decisions. And um, immediately after I said that, I knew she was going to be okay. The next day, at around um, lunchtime, she woke up. She had been unconscious for approximately wow. 26 hours. Mm. And I knew she was okay. Mm. And that night, uh, mm. we were having dinner at a friend's house that lived close to the hospital, our friend that set her up on the prayer chains. And we got a phone call from her doctor. And he says, medically, I cannot tell you how this happened. <laughs> medically, it should not have happened. Wow. She's absolutely perfect. There's nothing wrong. Oh, God did. Oh, my wow. goodness. Amazing. Wow. And no brain damage. Wow. No effects. Nothing. She's a, a terrific lady. 
today as a son of her own. Uh, and um, so, yeah, it was, I got down on my knees, went down to the little chapel and said, you know, God, you did a wonderful thing there. She's absolutely healed, and I know she's healed, and, and don't worry about her. I'll take real good care of her from this point on, you know. <laughs> and I heard God's voice again, and he says, you gave me your daughter. Why can't you give me yourself? Mm. And so I said, okay, God, whatever you want, you've got it. I'll give it my life to you at this point. Beautiful. Wow. Beautiful. You mentioned in the book about moral healing is a journey. What did you mean by that? Moral healing is a journey. I think that moral healing does not, I think it can come just like my daughter's physical healing came and a single stroke by God. I don't, I don't have any doubts that that can happen for me. It didn't happen that way for me. It was one step at a time, one day at a time. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I thought about that a lot. And I wondered, I asked God, you know, God, how come, how come it's taking so long? Why can't I just be, you know, blessed one day? I'm, I'm clear. I'm, you know, all right. And uh, God kind of took me back to the Israelites journey through the desert. And he says, if I had done that for you, healed you that way, uh, the next time you were tempted, you would think I can do this because God's going to heal me in a flash. He says, you need to work it out. You need to take it day by day so that you will be, you will know that you can't go back. Amen. You can't turn around. Amen. You can't Amen. go live where you used Amen. to live. Amen. Amen. Any questions from our listeners? Yes, we have a few questions. Um, one is from Mr. 313. She asked, I'm not sure if I missed it, but how long was your daughter in the water? I don't know exactly. Uh, but I do know that she was at the bottom of the swimming pool, face up, mm. uh, when my wife found her. My wife doesn't know how long she was under there. She was not breathing. My wife, uh, who was also not a born-again believer at that time, pulled her out of the pool, and for whatever reason, she breathed into her mouth and then yelled, Jesus, and then breathed into her mouth and kept that up until the ambulance came. Wow. Um, but as the doctor said, he didn't know how long or couldn't tell how long she was under. He says, but she was under for a very long time because her lungs were completely filled mm -hmm. um, with water. Well, not completely filled because she was breathing at that time, but had been completely filled with water. Wow. Wow. One more question, if that's sure. okay, Mr. Sure. Levis. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. 313 asks, were you addicted to pornography at that time also? Uh, let's see. No, I think, well, I was using pornography, and I was using it on a regular basis. But I don't think that I was addicted, really addicted, until the Internet came along. And I don't think I was using the Internet at that time. Okay. Friends, if you're just tuning in to Wounded Hearts, Wounded Churches podcast, and I want you to remember, if you've been wounded or scarred, 
this is the place to get the healing that you need. You've been disenfranchised, not attending church. We want to support you and see that healing that needs to take place. You're not forgotten. So we're here to reach out to you each Thursday at this time to help you to get the forgiveness and healing that you are in need of. And of course, we have Judge Levis here tonight, author of Coming Clean, Superior Court Judge in California, retired. And we're discussing his book tonight, Coming Clean. Judge, we got some questions. Oh, we only got about nine minutes, my gracious. <laughs> uh, there was a couple of questions came in from last week. The first one was sexual addiction. Could that be hereditary? I don't think so. I, I think that you know, only in the sense that there are sins that uh, lifestyle sins, I think, that are generational sins and they come down through generations. And I think that that's certainly possible. Um, but as far as a genetic inheritance, uh, Medically, I don't, I'm not a doctor, so I can't tell, answer the question, but I don't think so. I think sin is something that we do on our own, and we decide to do it. And there are many reasons. Sure. There's sure. a whole lot of reasons sure. why sure. we do things. That, sure. And I like to say, and I said in my book, that there's lots of reasons, but there's no excuses. Hmm. Very good. The second question, Judge, someone chimed in is let me get it right now is there a sin that we must commit is there a sin that we must commit i'm not sure i understand the question um there i don't think that there is a sin that we have to commit okay i don't think that there's any sin if it's against the will of god then it's certainly not something that we have to do okay. and for me that's what sin is is doing the things that God says we should not do because he knows what's best for us. Amen. Amen. That's true. Friends, we're going to be shifting gears on our next couple of podcasts. Uh, we're going to be talking about grief and recovering from grief. Maybe you've lost a spouse or a mom, family member, I've observed through the years that when death occurs, some people just collapse morally, mentally, emotionally. Some give up altogether serving God. So, again, we're focusing on healing. And, of course, we're going to kick this segment off next week. We invited Elvira Watts, Sister Watts. Her husband died uh, some months ago. And of course, Judy Edwards, her husband was a staff person here on Wounded Hearts, and he passed away months ago. And of course, uh, Stella Cavan, she lost her son, who was a pastor, her daughter, her nephew, and her husband in a matter of months almost. They're going to talk about and discuss that healing process and what stage they're in and what steps they're taking to get that healing but again, tonight, uh, our director lost her mom. How long ago was that? Uh, um, this past October made three years. 
Okay. Any yeah. observation thus far that you want to share tonight in brief? Well, I was talking to Mr. Levis earlier, um, and I had a trip recently, Monday. I went back home, New York. That's where my home base is. And um, it was kind of eerie <laughs> walking back into the house. And, you know, all those memories just flooded me. And, sure. and it was so overwhelming, you know, Um and I asked him, I said, well, how do you get over it? You know, how is it possible to, you know, it's so, it can be so overpowering, it's True. you know, so I, I'm not sure if I can answer how I got over. I'm still in the process of that healing. Um, Since we have you, Judge, your wife passed. What did she pass from? What happened to that when your wife passed, please? Well, she had a condition, uh, the tissue that connected the muscle to one of the valves of the heart had been torn. And we thought that it was going to get worse over a period of time. And the way that it happened was that uh, she went for a two-mile walk that morning. She uh, worked in the garden for two hours, cooked a big chicken dinner, and took it over to a friend's house uh, who was just starting chemo and had a good time with them and uh, came home and we got ready for bed. And I was about ready to fall asleep. And she got up and went into the bathroom and I said, are you okay? And she said, I don't think so. 15 minutes later, she was dead. The mm. connecting tissue had torn completely in two. Mm. Mm. But uh, we knew she had the condition. They wanted to do open heart surgery. And she said, I'm not doing open heart surgery. I'll stay alive just as long as God wants me to stay alive. And when God's ready to take me, he'll take me. Wow. And he did. Wow. Well, Judge Evidently, your wife trusted God, uh, and it was time uh, he took her. She did. And um, she confided in me probably three weeks before she died that she had done everything on her bucket list. And that the last time uh, here in Cambria at our home here had been the happiest uh, days of her entire life. Wow. When she met. When she mentioned that about the bucket list, how did that affect you? Well, I kind of thought, well, that's good. She's completed her bucket list. I didn't think about the fact that maybe she was going to go. You know? Right. I just uh -huh. didn't think about that. Judge, I want to. Uh, I, I concur with that. My wife passed a year and some months ago, thirty-four years. She was uh, very sick with some tumors. And in your mind, you're thinking they might be, they're not going to die. They're going to be there, you know, uh, yeah. you, you know, they're going to be there. I, I was sure about that, you know, but God has a different uh, plan. So how are you working through the process now? What are you doing? What can you share with us to work through the process? Well, you know, the process is never easy. And there's lots of books out there and, you know, the stages of grief and all those kinds of things. But every person is different. True. And everyone goes through grief differently. Very true. Uh, and I think if I were to share one thing. If you would, please. Is I can remember being in bed one night and I lived by myself and I was crying out to God and I was very lonely. I missed my wife terribly, of course. Uh, and I was just crying out to God, you know, about how, you know, I didn't have anybody and, I, you know, I was just so lonely sure and um god as he does speak to me sometimes and he said am i not enough 
And I had to think about it long and hard. Sure. And the answer finally, after I'd gone through it for a long time, I finally came to the conclusion and shared with God, yeah, God, you're more than enough. And that was the greatest comfort mm. in my loss that I could ever have had. Because mm. now you get lonely. Uh, you miss someone. Yes. You miss the times together. But you can turn to God because God is enough and more than enough. Judge, how long were you all married? We were married for, we had celebrated our 59th wedding anniversary wow. Wow. Uh, a month before she passed away. Wow. Wow. Friends, we've gone beyond time. And we had uh, some good questions, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a question for me about addiction. Um, as a counselor, I agree with the judge. In counseling, we have two ideas on that. We call it nature and nurture. And I'm going to be real brief. Uh, nature, we don't have to think about coughing or sneezing. That's an automatic reaction to pressure. That the body just does that. It blinks automatically, coughs automatically. And so those those we put in the nature category. Now, addiction is different in that we know about crack babies, et cetera, et cetera. Now, as long as they don't use, there might be some erratic behavior, but that can be controlled through counseling and support. So as far as the addiction itself, agree with the judge, you don't have to sin. You don't have to pick up now because, and if you do pick up as a crack baby or as alcoholic background, it will definitely take you under quicker than one who was not. Dylan, thank you for the question that came in. But if you're hurting tonight, friends, we are here for you. Let you know that. And there is hope. And tonight, a little bit different. Maybe there's someone out there who's not saved. Maybe you've backslid or whatever. Will you not come back to Christ tonight? You don't do this too often, but I just feel tonight that there's someone out there that there's someone out there listening. You've been sad, broken this time of year, and you want to come back to God. Well, why not right now? Would you please bow your head, kneel down, ask God to forgive you? Would you do that today? Today's your day. You know who you are, and now's the time. I haven't done this before, but we're doing it tonight because we know that you're there. You are there tonight. So please, in Christ's name, ask them to forgive you and help you. You can go and get the sin business and live for God. May the Lord bless you. Judge, thank you. Any more comments before we go judge from you? No, thank you, Pastor. I enjoyed so much being there with you. Love you much. Neil, yes, any, any, any discussion from you before we go? No, we did have one more question, but I'll hold on to, to it for now. Okay, and we'll yes, hit that sir. next week. Yes. Uh, thank you for the staff, people who support us so much. Thank you again, Judge Neil. Thank you so much. And Lord yes, bless you. Sir.